Welcome to Pool Party Radio. This is the number one podcast for being Pumpkin Ninny. I am your host, Parker, joined as always by co-host Razorman Cumulus, the Blind Pods Man. Hello, Parker. Thanks for that warm <laughs> intro, because I've I've needed some warmth in this cold, disillusioned, shitty week we've been having. How have you been? Uh, I've been doing all right. Just grumpy. We had some technical troubles last week. That's why this episode's delayed. Uh, and also, I've been working like a zillion hours, which I is something I'm not accustomed to. I prefer to work yeah, about man. four hours a day. Yeah. So. Yeah, tell me about it, stud. This is a <laughs> heavy work week for me also. But yeah. we're uh, we're sharing the load with our good friend, your co-host from Junk Food Dinner, Sean Byron. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, long-time listeners might remember me as the monkey that will shake your hand for a dollar. <laughs> That's <Beautiful>. you. <laughs> you inhabited yeah. that monkey body. Well, uh, yeah, just for one week a year. Uh, I've got a special arrangement with the uh, the county fair up there. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I I spent a lot of money at that monkey booth, and I don't regret it one bit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very understandable uh, investment. Yeah, 50 handshakes with a monkey don't pay for themselves. That's true. I should write it off as an expense at work since I was technically there for work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were critical of the amount of money that we were charging for those handshakes. But have you guys seen the price of monkey hand lotion these days? It's really on the rise. That's true. And you got to use that PRL after every time you touch the monkey because they got like weird monkey diseases. Yeah. So it was wild. What are you guys up to? You doing any Halloween stuff? We're in the thick of Halloween season. Yeah, we actually we decorated the house. Uh, so I think you guys will be down here in Los Angeles in a couple of weeks for the old corn gorn, and you'll see uh, all these amazing decorations that we put out. But we uh, we have this Ooh. one uh, tombstone in our yard that says "Rest in Peace, Terry Angela," and it's got a big spider on top of it. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I like that. My regards to Mrs. Anchula. Yeah, it's it's very sad. The entire Anchula family is really feeling it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I like those Halloween decorations. Uh, A few years ago, me and the wife went to the Freddy house from Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. And they didn't have anything up because they're spoil sports, whoever owns that house now. But the next door neighbors had all these Freddy decorations, and it was really cool. Like you can kind of imagine that, like whoever bought that house is just like we want to be. Le- we don't want all these goddamn metal kids showing up at all hours of the night taking their Freddy pictures, and then their neighbors are just like, "Fuck you!" It's super cool that oh, this is the Freddy house. Funny you should say that because that's exactly what I did on my last trip to LA. <laughs> mm-hmm. Should have been like, God, when was that? Three a.m. Yeah, two thirty, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a, like, a bad habit of bringing people to famous houses at like two or three in the morning. We were at David Lynch's house, me and Patrick and Ariana, at like three thirty a.m. Uh, when they were here. But yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Lynch is used to it. I'm sure that those other people are used to it in the Freddy house. And to our credit, I feel like we were we were pretty courteous and and quiet. Like we didn't have yeah. to flash on or anything. We were yeah, we were pretty chill for like metal dudes at, at three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, myself being the most metal in in my uh, uh, gap button down and all that shit. Um, Yeah, but yeah, 
for real though, kind of fuck those dudes that bought that Freddy house because they did like remodel the entire uh, interior and it doesn't have that famous staircase anymore. Uh, I guess maybe they had concerns of slipping into it and having Freddy pull them down or something. But yeah, they, they <laughs> yeah. fucked up that house. It barely looks like the Freddy house now. Well, they can go screw then. They probably took the iron bars off the windows. Yeah. Oh, they probably took the blood out of that one bedroom. All the blood that came out of the ceiling or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to clean this those, up. They got rid of all those weird Home Alone style booby traps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. That's stuff that you have to walk around. You can't just take it down and expect people not to notice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it, sure. In this day and age, like having exploding lights in your living room, not the most practical solution, but it's period authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What about all the hidden, uh, hidden booze spots? Where yeah, exactly. the mom in that film like kept her kept her secret stash of whiskey and gin. Yeah. What the fuck? Where's that? T- tucked together with Freddy Krueger's fedora hat in the basement. Something <laughs> weird about that, mom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we killed this guy and we just kept his fedora around just for fun. <laughs> what a weird movie. Uh yeah. But well, that's what those people get then. If they're screwing around with the house, they deserve to have people showing up at all hours of the night. Yeah, being being friendly as hell, trying to get their photo in. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see uh, how you, how you all have done up the the Halloween festivities this year. I'm very excited. Um, I like goofy tombstone puns, and I went to uh, Disney World for the first time in almost two decades uh, recently, and went in the haunted mansion queue, and that's like a fun, kitschy Halloween stuff with puns all year round. Have you guys, are you guys familiar with this line? Have you been oh, in this yeah. line? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I've been in the California version and I'm, I'm assuming that it's the same, maybe different puns, uh, you know, regional based puns, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those guys are the Kings of, of silly <laughs> Halloween puns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And sometimes not so good puns. Like I'm your host, your ghost host. <laughs> like that's, that one always falls flat. Apparently on my ears, like, I remembered it, and it's like, oh, yeah, I remember thinking this was a real dumb thing when I was a kid. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to see more Halloween decorations go up. I was definitely excited to see them, like, in the stores a couple weeks ago, like, well in advance. Halloween's taken on this new life that I don't remember as a kid where it's now, like, Christmas. Like, it shows up earlier and earlier in the year. Totally into that. I just want to see more people get into it as well. On that subject, you know, speaking of earlier in the year, I feel like Christmas decorations are coming out uh, right about now in, in my local stores, and I think that's great. You what think do you that's think, great? I, oh, yeah, I, I love it. What? I It makes me heated. Like, just relax, dude. Relax on your fucking stupid Christmas. Like, you don't need to do it when there's still summertime happening. Like, you don't need to start buying and planning for christmas when that's still happening like wait there's two major holidays before christmas like you can wait until at least one of them fuckers is over like thanksgiving well, you sucks could, you could multitask right can't can't you enjoy multiple holidays at once no one at a time drink drink a little uh pump, pumpkin flavored eggnog maybe no this is not a tim burton movie you do one holiday at a time in america <laughs> yeah no I, I actually agree with you I, I think it's horrible i think it's sacrilegious that Anybody would even dare to put out their uh, Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving, yeah. let alone before Halloween. Yeah, it's gross. It's terrible. And it takes up valuable aisle space when you go to the store and there's all this like Halloween stuff. Uh, and then there's also Christmas stuff like the stuff, the aisles 
where the Christmas stuff is. Like that could easily just have more Halloween stuff, but it doesn't. Well, and the way that I look at it is like, you know, here in America, the greatest country in the world, uh, and I can tell you, I've, I've visited, you know, overseas recently. I can tell you, we are the greatest country in the world. USA. Um, U.S. Join me, guys. USA. <laughs> we've, we've done a great job to engineer this perfect system that nobody else has figured out, which is the final three months of the year, each month has its own holiday to cap it off. So it's this perfect system of like, you know, the whole month of October can be gearing up for Halloween. The whole month of November, you can gear up for Thanksgiving. And then pretty much the whole month of December, you gear up for that uh, Christmas, New Year's send off. It's a perfect system. Like, you don't go mixing the streams. Yeah. Yeah. Never cross the streams and uh, never make Ghostbusters references. Also, um, <laughs> I do like how that's a bonus at the end of those those three months. Like, it's Christmas and then a the one two punch with uh, New Year's. So if you didn't get your party down, like let's say you had, I don't know, the flu or something or uh, seasonal depression, you can actually go out and enjoy yourself on that backup holiday. Be like, I missed the first opportunity, but I'll do it again this time. Yeah, well, and also, you, you, I mean, in 2016, you just have to be inclusive. So, I mean, as much as that we all here on, on the show, and I, I don't want to point any fingers, but some people don't like to celebrate Christmas. So you got to be inclusive. Uh, I think Christmas is terrible. Nobody should celebrate it. And what? It's horrible. It's like the what? worst one. Well, who shit in your stocking? Nobody. That's exactly the problem. Now comes the tale of the shit in the stocking. <laughs> Let me tell um, you about this time I got some shit as a present. No, it's just horrible. It's not fun. It's stressful. Nobody likes it. It doesn't make it anybody happy. Bit. It just makes everybody I, broke. You get presents uh, yeah. that you never look at anymore. Well, and for me, I feel like the effort that you put into shopping for presents is is really, uh, uh, you know, it, it's greatly outweighs any joy that I get from receiving presents. Yeah, I think it would just make. It... Go ahead. Well, I mean, for me, I'm the type of guy that if I'm going to get a present for somebody, I don't want to fuck it up and get them some lame ass present. I'm not, I'm not going to get you a gift card to Sam Goody. You know, I'm going to go there and find the movie that you would like. Uh, and I'm really going to shop for it. So, yeah, I, I yeah. think I think everybody would enjoy Christmas more if the whole point of it was just go out and buy yourself something because then everybody would get what they want and then everybody would be happy. But the way it is, it's like you're stressed out. You're like, oh, what is this person like? Oh, I got to give something for old Uncle Goofus that I haven't seen in 13 years. Oh, I got to do that. Oh, this is you got to make sure that all the prices match up. Because the family's going to talk about how much you spent. And if uh, old Uncle Goofus got something that was $17 and old uh, Aunt Goofus got something that's uh, 32 then they're going to be mad. And it's like it's just too much. Yeah, it becomes this entire yeah. political event uh, within well, yeah. a family that I hate so much. I don't hate the and, family so much. I hate the political event. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you get like the checks from your grandparents that you don't want to cash because it's like, dude, my, my grandparents are barely hanging on there. You know, they need this money. I'm not going to cash this $15 check from grandma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My my poor grandma always got me like a big bucket of popcorn. And I was like, I can't eat this popcorn. My grandma's too poor. So it would like just <laughs> sit there and waste. I would always think about returning the popcorn. Putting well, I it in the bank. this then because we're talking about like uh cost and quantity uh with regards to certain parent to certain family members what about homemade stuff have you ever received or given anything that was like a homemade craft for christmas 
Uh, one time Jono's girlfriend told me she was going to make me a scarf because I always talked about how much I hated scarves and how they're for like nerdy losers. <laughs> and so she was like, I'll make you a scarf and you'll change your mind. And she never did. So that's how that's how homemade presents work is. Hey, for, hey, I'm going to start now. I'm going to start now in July on your homemade Christmas present. And then the, and then you go, oh, that's nice. That's a nice moment. Uh, that's very nice of you. That's very selfless. And then they just never make it. That dude, that that actually was my pick. Is that my wife once <laughs> made a scarf for my dad for Christmas that uh, he still wears, even though like we told him like expressly, like dude, don't put this in the washing machine. It's it's a scarf, like it's made out of like this woven cotton. It's it's probably gonna fall apart. And of course, he put it in the washing machine, and now it looks like uh, it looks like he just found it on like in a gutter somewhere. <laughs> like it's just it's so ratty that it's like an embarrassment. But he still wears it, so that's sweet. Yeah, yeah, I had. Um... I'd received around Christmas, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was in Japan from one of the classes I taught, like all the students contributed to making a scarf, like a a, a woven scarf thing. And it was the most uh, ridiculously sweet event I'd ever been a part of re- in receiving that because they were like asking if I liked it and all this stuff. And I was trying to uh not show any emotion as is usually my way of doing things <laughs> and yeah it was it was really endearing and sweet um i know people who do follow through on it when it's not like a classroom activity like that and it's worked out but yeah most of the time most of the times it's like it's just an empty promise that people will do listen i'll make you this for christmas and then the subtext is i hope you forget that i just said this out loud to you cuz you're not going to get this scarf yeah, man, I want those scarves. I'm, I'm, co- I'm like the Wishmaster. You remember that scene in Wishmaster where like he granted everybody the wishes, and then like he got their souls in exchange for the wishes, and then later on in the movie he like collects them all at once, and all their souls leave their body. That's what I'm doing right now with all the scarves I've been promised <laughs> over the years, all the mittens, all the fucking, uh, all the framed uh, handicrafts and little doodads that people told me they were gonna make me. I want them now. Send them. <laughs> There you go. You heard him, folks. Do you guys have any uh, any kind of a stance on these Halloween trees that you're seeing the kids use today as a way to celebrate the holiday? I only heard about them last year, and I am into it. I'm down. Because I think it's ridiculous during Christmas that we haul in a perfectly good living tree, uh, just like cut it from its stumps, you know, and haul it into the fucking living room like, hey, this this looks totally great and natural a tree in the living room, like just put a, you know, a dead limb that's already dead and acknowledge that. Like if you're going to have any acknowledgement for Halloween, that isn't just pop kitschy shit. You can have that and be like, Oh yeah, all things die. That's what this holiday is all about anyway. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, it's kind of a bummer that the holidays aren't flip flopped in terms of their order, because then you could like put up a Christmas tree and wait for it to die in time for Halloween. But <laughs> I, I don't know. If I, I go back and forth. I got any any kind of celebration of Halloween, I guess, theoretically I'm into because I, I enjoy the holiday and I want to see people having fun with it. Mm-hmm. But it, the, the tree itself just feels like such an iconic Christmas thing that I just feel like you're kind of, you're, I don't know, it feels like a little bit of a bastardization of the holiday, like a Tim Burtonization of the holiday. Mm-hmm. I never thought it is a pretty obvious Tim Burton Burtonization thing that I just did not consider till now. So I'm not that observant of that, I guess. Um, but yeah, I can see that. I understand that. I've never heard of these things, and I hope I never do. 
I don't like these mixes. <laughs> one time I lived with all these people and uh, one of my friends who was like a Wiccan or pagan or some kind of garbage like that um, had a Christmas tree, like just like a normal ass Christmas tree with like little uh, little balls and little glitter bullshits on them and sleds, like little sled ornaments and an angel on top. And I was like, why on earth do we have this Christmas tree in our living room if nobody here is like a Christian? Like, I think like 90, like there's like eight of us who lived in this house and like all of us were like atheists and then like, like there was like two pagans or whatever it was. And I was like, why on earth do we have this? And like, they were like, oh man, it's like a Yule log, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's like, no, dude, like it's got, it's like literally got Santas on it. Like this is not any sort of Yule log. What are we doing? And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just get, I kind of get heated whenever people who aren't Christians celebrate Christmas, but. I think I'm alone in that. I think I voiced that opinion loudly last year on this show, and people got upset. So I won't harp on yeah. it too much. Well, I don't I mean, know who might come around. So harp away. I, I, I think people go a little bit overboard with the Christmas, but it, it can be fun. You know, if, if you're with somebody together, you know, and, and you do it like a family thing, it, it can be fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, people who enjoy their families, seeing their families, like, that's nice. That's a nice moment. I don't know that I can relate to such an idea. But, uh, I don't know. Like, people always get all antsy now about, like, uh, I gotta work on Thanksgiving. And it's like, uh, it's, my, it's, it, go, it ruins my constitutional rights as an American to work on Thanksgiving. And it's like, well, why not just see your family on November? like november 13th instead like i don't yeah, I don't understand all the this plane stuff. tickets will be cheap yeah they'll be cheap i don't understand all this like weird arbitrariness about the holidays it's like you can only love your family on december 25th or the fourth thursday of every november like just love them some other day i don't know that's a pretty good message i actually like that and well, there's a uh on that arbitrary notation it is just like this nationally mandated thing it's like go spend time with your family day if you have a family if you don't then it's just like a good day to see movies by yourself all day in an empty theater mm-hmm. so you know yeah i mean i think it's a great sentiment if you guys are interested in destroying the u.s economy well <laughs> yeah that is the thing is without christmas <laughs> we won't have uh we'll all be living like depression era hobos with our fingerless gloves sharing one bean uh over yeah. a barrel fire so yeah. we have to have christmas and we have to have uh drone strikes in third world countries otherwise our economy will collapse i guess that's the rub of living in america yeah you, you think you can get amazon prime in a country without drone strikes no <laughs> <laughs> that's true so we perfected the, the technology for prime so <laughs> yeah yeah. So yeah, yeah. All right. Let's all let's all go out and buy a Halloween tree. That way we actually have an economy that works, I suppose. Wait, do you buy Halloween trees? Is that how this works? Cuz people I, I was talking I to you, like you I just saw them like like they were dead limbs that you would drag in. So in what what I saw tree. was one of my neighbors has a tree in their window that's like, do you know those uh like super fake like plastic like Christmas trees where it's like very triangular shaped, you know? Oh, so it looks like a pine tree. Exactly. But it's black. Oh, okay. No, I saw like, okay. Yeah. The one that I was familiar with was 
like a long uh, expanded branch from a fallen tree. Like it's a tree that's already dead. Are you sure this like, wasn't in uh, Parker Bowman's Wiccan's uh, friend's living room? <laughs> uh, no, that was, I remember the one that he was talking about, and that was actually like a well-decorated uh, Christmas tree for a house that does not celebrate Christmas, uh, ironically enough. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, that's that's how I saw it. Um, or that was my experience with the Halloween tree. The one that you're describing, that definitely does sound like a Tim Burtonized version of uh, Christmas in kind of a bummer. So yeah, that one sounds like it's a, a lame Halloween tree. Speaking of lame Halloween trees, we got, yeah, uh, we got some, some, uh, snacks. I got a snack to talk about. It is the, t- Oh wow. It's the season. Uh, I know that this is kind of like a new thing for a podcast to talk about a snack, but we sort of started it a few years ago with the pumpkin spice channel. Something that the onion uh, stole from us this year, just completely. And something that Elvira mentioned on her Twitter account as possibly a good idea. Mm-hmm. Elvira does endorse our podcast, that's for sure. And uh, so I have a thing. Uh, it's a thing called a white chocolate pumpkin spice gourmet mini bark from Salvatore Constantino out of Fresno, California. I'm gonna try it. I'll let you guys know if it's pumpkin any. Uh, Who is this Salvatore guy? Just just some dude that's got these uh, pumpkin snacks for you? I guess so. I got it at Target. Maybe he's got some sort of exclusive deal with our local targets, but um, hmm, I don't know about this thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh. go. Ugh. I don't know. I'm gonna. What's happening? It's, How's the mouth feel? The mouth feels bad. It tastes like whack, or it like feels like wax. Okay, now how does your mouth feel? Feels great. I've got like luscious cool. lips, very nice <laughs> tongue. Uh, Sounds um, good. Yeah, this is not good. I'm gonna give this one. It's not pumpkin any. Instead, it's a basic bitch. You're a basic bitch. And oh. so that's no good. Although I did have, <laughs> I don't have them anymore because I ate them all. But I had Brock's, um, pumpkin spice. Brock Lesnar's. I had I had Brock Lesnar. I had Brock's pumpkin spice uh, covered almonds, and those were pumpkin any. I'm gonna play the drop pumpkin any. You guys aren't gonna be able to hear it because my computer sucks, but it was pumpkin any. It's pumpkin mini. <laughs> Sounds delicious. Great. So those were good. Those are a buy. Go buy those. What, what kind of pumpkin spice covering are, are we talking about here? It's is it like a like a sugary coating? Is it just like a yeah. powdery spice what's going on it was like um it was like a yogurt like a pumpkin spice flavored yogurt that they they dipped these almonds in and i think that's like a catch-all for a blend of like allspice nutmeg cinnamon some sugar like you can buy pumpkin spice as it's a standalone spice at a at your local grocery store like kroger or something i noticed that last time i was uh Shopping around, trying to get, like, Cajun spice and stuff. Just one of those blends. Yeah. I think I might buy that blend and just start putting it in, like, my water. Just pumpkin (laughs) spice. (laughs) Because I need it. (laughs) Crystal light. Pumpkin. Pumpkin spice. I like these pumpkin flavors. And I'm not going to let any of these cynical bastards out there on Facebook take it away from me. Talking about, oh, I hate pumpkin spice. I saw a guy 
post a picture of like some pumpkin spice flavored candy and him flipping it off. And it's like, come on, dude. <laughs> you're, not, you're, not, you're not standing up for candy what's right. Candy shaming? Yeah, candy, candy shaming. You're, you're on the wrong side of history on this one. It's, the year is 2016 and people are still flipping off pumpkin spice. Get real. Your grandparents See? are going to think that you are fucking a troglodyte if you're going around pumpkin flipping off pumpkin spice candies. It's good. Yeah, it took us forever to get to this point where pumpkin spice shit was so prevalent. That I mean, really, it's so saturated. I haven't even noticed it this year. Uh, I'm guessing that's all around me. I have just not picked <laughs> up on it. So, yeah. I've heard yeah. people talk about their experiences, much like you just did, <laughs> and coworkers and stuff. Like, hey, I got a pumpkin spice latte. I'm like, okay. That, um, that's a thing. But haven't noticed it one fucking bit. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I've not had a single pumpkin spice item so far this year. Yeah. I feel like, so like by this point last year, I was, you know, up to my nose in pumpkin treats. Up to your eyeballs and pumpkin spice bullshit. And yeah. and yeah, like that dude who took a picture flicking off the candy, which I still think is – that's still very funny to me uh, a few seconds out. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not experiencing any of that outrage. I'm barely cognizant of it. So I don't know. I, like I, I think I've just been so occupied by watching – Luke Cage, <laughs> like that's been my the bulk of my week. That Mob Psycho 100, where I'm just um, not noticing this other important shit. Well, time is running out. You got to notice it. It now. is. Yeah. Go out there and get you some. Oh, I guess so. Spices. There's yeah, there's so much other stuff has been taking up my uh, my attention recently. I'm not noticing this. Well, one thing you probably did notice is being in tenth grade. When you go out to the bar with your friends, do they strike you as not goofy enough? Are you annoyed by their lack of fascination with lizard people Illuminati? Do they not chow yum chat? Are they more shit than hit? Then you need to befriend the internet's goofiest pals. Go to illogicalcontraption.com or search them on iTunes. Believe in the impossible. Hello everyone, Wayne here. This is the recording for podcast news for Pool Party Radio. Um, what the fuck am I thinking? I know a whole lot of shit happens on uh, Podcast Town. Sean Byron decided to change the banner, and it looks like... Oh, what the fuck is that? Like, what are those pumpkins and some dumb-looking bitch? Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. There's more and more reasons why Sean Byron should not be allowed to, to be an admin on this group. More and more reasons. It's the official... Starting of October, so everybody in their motherfucking ass is now posting every movie they watch. I don't, I don't care what you are. They don't do it on this damn thing yet, which is good. Um, because like people are watching six or seven movies a day. How the fuck are you watching six or seven movies a day and be like, oh look, I watched all these movies? I don't give a fuck, dude. You know, write me a story on each fucking film. Give me a report. I really can't remember half the fuck shit. Go fuck yourself and kill yourself. Goodbye. Uh, back to town. That's what fa- Facebook's gonna be like for the next month. Look, I watched sixty-five movies. Um, the the that Nazi Patrick from Banshee Jam is playing video games. Uh, I don't care. Um, he's also posting like weird Japanese videos. I mean, like, really? Why do we keep this Nazi here? Like, why why is he still around? Why? I guess he's friends with some of you admins, you know, on the group. But I just don't get it. Like, they're gonna start putting a plaque up, like a statue of him in the middle of town soon enough. Him and his fucking Nazi guard with his little fucking mustache. Bad haircut, complaining about the heat in New Mexico. 
Why didn't it fall? Get over it, dude. Um, what else? I'm going through here. I don't know who the fuck that guy is. This guy Travis. I guess his kids made him chili dog at a. Something. I don't fucking know what that is. Like pillows of poo. It looks like a baby. It looks like a baby puppy in the middle of it. I don't. I don't know. Kind of scared. Kind of scared. Some friend raising that stupid King Cobra comment from June 27th keeps popping up. Like, how the fuck is it? How the fuck does a post that Derek makes in June 27th still keep popping up? Oh Jesus! Someone just commented on something in town. Let me go see what they said. Oh, it's this cunt face, uh, Justin Corsper, who. Uh, who thinks, um, you know, who thinks it's polite to, uh, bag on, uh, what's his fucking name? I can't remember. Sean Ryder. Um, he's a fucking cunt face. Uh, this guy, Justin. Real piece of shit. And I even got fucking, uh, what's his name? Corey from Ilkhan to fucking back me up. That's fucking rare. You know, you can really write that shit down. Like, write it down. Uh, write the... Everybody thinks I mean no offense But Justin But everybody thinks You should kill yourself I'm reading the comments As I'm going here um, I, mean, just, I mean seriously Just put the Put the gun in your mouth And bud to wire yourself Jesus Anyway What else is on town mm. More shitty podcasts uh, Paul puts up a blog From Dangerous Mind About 70s blowjob faces Which To be honest I don't really want to see I don't like looking at the guys at all, you know, I'm not saying it's gay or anything, but if you're looking at the guys, you know, maybe. What else here? Um, I guess that guy Eric, who's on Ilkhan, is the Trump of Ilkhan, because I guess he has malfunctions with his microphone. I don't know. I don't listen to that show. Who listens to that show, really? But like conspiracy theorists and guys from LA who have like really good tans and shitty attitudes. You know? I mean, come on. Who the fuck really listens to that? I mean, Corey, you know. You got your bulldog over there. Shelby Winters. It's just another thing. More wrestle chat. Who gives a shit? Uh, like I said, I don't know who the fuck that is. Do you hate Sawyer? Um, there's no, like, yes. Okay, there it is. There's the yes. Why isn't only one? Why am I the only one other version on here that says yes? Should, oh, I'll change my vote to bring the new Sawyer. I want him back. But there's 28 people who like Sawyer. What? You fucking idiots? Like, seriously. James Owens, who posted this thing. I am I think you're pretty much in the same boat as me. Sawyer can suck a dick and die. He's the worst thing that ever came out of kissing contest. You know, and I, I, I really love when he's gone for, like, those months and months on end. Because he's, he's just bitches and moans. He's a fat vegan. And how the fuck did he become a fat vegan, man? Come on. You know, and like he's always like, oh, love animals, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't give a shit. I'd kick a puppy right now if I could. God damn it. So I hope you're getting in this. You know, I hope. Oh, but our, our man Parker is part of the 28 that don't hate Sawyer. Shit, what the fuck, man? Really? At least five people want somebody to kill themselves, which I'm always loving about that. That's the comments on this. There's 23 long. I'll read them out to you. I like this bit. It's getting long. Uh, something about Scott King of the Internet broke his dick or his hard to drive or something. Um, Sawyer, something love. Sawyer is a chili dog dick eater. He's, he, um, he's got a whole bunch of things. It's terrible. He smells. Um, 
Something about him being on a happy train with little kids. I don't know. He's fucking weird, Sawyer. He likes those things. Kind of a creep. Um, there's good questions. I don't know. I can't read any of this shit. It's boring. You just ugh, You guys suck. Elcom put another... Like I said, who listens to that show? Like, seriously. Like, like who? Like, really? You know? Uh, I'm tired. I'm tired of reading this shit. I really am. I'm, I'm getting tired. It's not the fact that it's like 1 o'clock in the morning here in uh, the East Coast, but it's the fact that this stuff sucks. It's boring. really is. I'm going through it. Trying to find stuff that's worth the talk about. More for the shitty punk things. Ah, it's the worst thing ever. Like, I really should start. Oh, no. And the other thing is Alan Jackson, man. What? Where are you guys going nuts about that show? Man, that guy, man. Seriously, he's not even that good. That, sh- that song you guys are obsessed with? Like, it's the same two lines, like, same two sets of lyrics over and over again. It's him about not getting, not able to date ripping his, his, his date and going to, like, some diner and get some food and a snow cone with grilled cheese with a, with a cheeseburger who needs who uses a snow cone as a drink when they're eating the cheeseburger I mean seriously and I've been the te- the Chakahoochie Chukahoochie Hot on Hoochie Koo I don't know what it's that fucking place it sucks that place that, that river sucks it's good there it's a whole bunch of rednecks drunk passed out puking in the water don't worry you don't want to hang out there you don't want to jet ski there you don't want to water ski there no, we gotta build the fucking sand cows, you know, because it's all dirt. It sucks. No. Oh my god, this this terrible shit on here. You guys really need to, like, up your shit, man, because I'm getting bored of this. I think this will be the last one if it doesn't start to get better. Seriously. Alright. Parker. Frisbine. I have to go now. This is the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Um, kill yourselves. But I'm hoping you guys noticed, because we're going to be doing a Good, the Bad, and the Ugly of 10th grade. This is something we've been doing for 10 weeks. We're doing Good, the Bad, and the Uglies of every grade. It's where we do good examples, bad examples, and ugly examples of a topic. And, uh, yeah, Mr. Frisbee, what is your good thing about the 10th grade, also known as the sophomore year? Well... If memory serves, uh, 10th grade was the year when I started uh, learning to drive, which which is a lot of fun and excitement. Um, I had the uh, opportunity to learn to drive in a, in a bulky um, – oh, shit. I can't remember the car now. What was that? Is this the car uh, that Dodge had – Dodge Intrepid. That's what it was. Ah, okay. Steered like a boat, was but this, it was it was a fine vessel. Was this your grandpa's car that he gave you? No, no, not yet. Oh. Uh, that'll probably be the good for junior year, though. I can't <laughs> that's wait. The, yeah, that's the car that I eventually drive. Uh, the uh, Chrysler brand you're you're talking about, the one with the no fat chick sticker that I <laughs> ended up ended up putting on there and forgetting that I put it on there almost immediately after I put it on there. Uh, <laughs> how embarrassing no that's, but, a, that's cool that's a cool guy move <laughs> cool guy move yeah did it work um i don't know like i wasn't really paying attention that much to begin with with it so i i couldn't tell you like uh for for true believers who listen to the ppr i, I reference you back to episode i don't know what the fuck was it 152 or something 
where um, <clears throat> Parker remembered that I had a a bumper sticker that said "No Fat Chicks," and it was it was something that just completely slipped my mind. Like I couldn't remember it when he mentioned it, and uh, <laughs> then there was when I finally did remember that I had it. I remember uh, dating uh, a young woman. And she had noticed it. And then I had to go back to the back of my car to look at it and be like, oh, yeah, I do have that on my car. <laughs> and I, I just totally forgot. And she was upset about it. She's like, that's a really shitty thing to have in your car. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. And I think I took it off with a razor blade uh, what, shortly after. Was she an overweight lady? No. Hmm. no she was um, very fit. So, so it was working until that point. <laughs> Until that point, like immediately after it was removed. That's, um, yeah, that's when you started dating fat chicks. After you okay. took it off your car. <laughs> that's cool. I'm gu- I'm guess I'm assuming anyway. I don't have any hard data to back up that assertion. But I would I mean, assume. it's pretty wild assumptions, man. Uh, but hey, no problem either way. It was just a, <laughs> it's a sticker that seemed funny, I think, because I associate it with like homer simpson saying it uh because that's where my humor was at the time and uh you all remember that episode right the mary mm-hmm. poppins spoof yep where they're talking about what they want to see in a in a babysitter and homer interjects with my i add no fat chicks yeah yeah how, how could we forget i mean it, i mean i think that was like a classic punchline for a long time where it was you know riffing on like the the classified ads from newspapers right mm-hmm so the surf punks had a song called No Fat Chicks way back in the 1980s. Yeah, yeah. so I'm I'm not judging you, Frisbee. <laughs> but you'd be right to anyway, because that's it's still like a dumb thing to put on a car. Yeah. And I had it. And and yeah, to some it was it was quite a humorous joke and to others it was pretty offensive. So yeah. Anyway, that's my good for next year. <laughs> for junior year is that I had a car. And I made some pretty poor decisions about how to decorate it. But we're uh, talking about the car that had the Rape Man sticker on it, right? What? No, <laughs> that was my car. Just Okay. That's, that's the sticker <laughs> what I What is this? <laughs> this is like a classic JFD reference that apparently you didn't pick up on. Rape Man sticker? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and listen to the, uh, the, the Rape Man episode of JFD. And I think I'm good. It'll become clear. No, that's yeah, a I'm all right. Episode. I don't need to do that. No, <laughs> like, a, I, I've got an earful already about this. It's a very funny Japanese comedy movie that some people misunderstand. Oh, okay. I remember you guys. Yeah, reviewing a movie called Rape Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the way. <laughs> I, I like your disgust with the phrase "rape man" frisbees. You said "rape man." <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, it was like when Vince McMahon gets disgusted with stuff. Yeah, that's where that's where my level of disgust comes from. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess this week, you know, in in light of the Trump stuff, is maybe not the the right, uh, you know, uh, emotional climate for this country <laughs> to be making rape man references. But yeah, for sure, like that's basically how I was talking all day yesterday to myself aloud when I was going through all of that maelstrom of bullshit. Uh, yeah, it was just like that growly like. Rat? What? How? Why? Oh, Donald yeah. Trump. 
He's grabbing yeah. him in the pussy. I don't like it. <laughs> it's real gross. That's my impression of you. Uh, Thanks, we keep man. we keep derailing you. Tell me about this car. <laughs> well, it was a large car, and um, safe one to start driving in, and it was basically a family use car. So, uh, you know, I learned to drive in it, and I would drive it to uh, later on my first job. Um, so yeah, a lot of good memories, a lot of good feelings of. Um, independence and all that stuff that came with it. You saw, you took it to go see Independence Day. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I had to see the movie multiple times to really appreciate it. I thought so. Yeah. Um, Did you guys um, get the chance to like learn to drive and whatnot uh, around sophomore, junior year? Uh, I. Go ahead. I did not. I uh, actually only started driving about five years ago, so I was pretty late to the game. I was 27. And you were in L.A. when you learned to drive, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I I lived here in L.A. for about 10 years uh, without a car, which was a lot of uh, buses, you know, a a few trains here and there, and, you know, just a lot of walking. That's got to be some... It's got to be what? Oh, it's got to be horrible to like learn to drive in LA. Like if you ever move in, like if you ever move to like uh, Cincinnati, you know, like you're just going to be like the most relaxed driver of all time. Like, (laughs) yeah, Uh, yeah, I've I've definitely noticed that when we go on road trips to other places that it's uh, not necessarily as crazy. Like the freeways, especially in LA, have like this horrible habit of like turning into other freeways without telling you and, and you think that you're on the 10 and suddenly you're on the 110. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I took it easy. I, one of my friends had a car that he let me practice in and we would just go to like this huge parking lot, like a Ralph's supermarket parking lot. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, it's super nice for your friend. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, he trusted me, which I wouldn't trust me. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's next with their good, uh, I'll go mine. Involves a different mode of transportation, a different way to get to your destination than yours, Mr. Frisbee. Uh, this was the grade where I started uh, eating lots and lots of LSD. And it was like the best, yeah. best stuff to do. Uh, it was uh, me and my friends. We would just uh, take a bunch of LSD. We would watch Syphil and Ali. And it was the best mm-hmm. of times, pretty much. Uh, I don't. Somehow, I don't remember the first time that I did it, uh, which seems weird, since it was such a like life-changing moment, more or less. Life-changing in the way that like I just began to do it a lot, not life-changing in the way that like I uh, joined a commune or anything, or like felt uh, more woke than normal. Although I, this was around the time that Alan Jackson was very popular, so perhaps those things are not coincidental. But uh, it was great. Like, I would just do it all the time. Like, I would just, like, at least once a week for probably the entire year. I just take acid, go to school, draw pictures, take acid, go home, draw pictures. Uh, Was that expensive? Very. Well, no, at the time, uh, acid cost like uh, $5 a hit, which is like, it's way more now. Oh, Uh, okay. And I hear, I've heard things about that. Um, 
Uh, Shelby told me it's way more now. Uh, nice. Good job. <laughs> and yeah, so it was like really not that expensive. Like all you had to do was like not eat lunch one day and you could buy acid instead. Mm-hmm. And then you're probably going to trip harder anyways without that lunch in your stomach. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so it really worked out. Uh, but yeah, like most of what I did that year was like just find ways to buy money to uh, – even though it was very easy. And then just uh, trip out. Go do stuff. Go see movies. Go walk around town. One time I took a bunch of acid and uh, like I had been – I think this was actually the next year. But uh, I had like skipped school for like four months in a row. And I went out and like we were at like some diner in town and uh, the principal came up to me and he was like yelling at me for like not going to class. And he was like, oh, I'm going, I'm calling your parents. So we're going to deal with this. And like that was like a very horrible thing to have happened to you. Uh, all whacked out on the drugs. Um, but mostly my experiences were just like sitting around and like reading cereal boxes and finding like riboflavin to be the funniest word that ever existed and stuff like this uh it was just a fun time uh a lot of fun to be had uh you guys mentioned watching uh oh sorry you go ahead oh you please go ahead you mentioned watching syphil and ollie uh while tripping on acid and i'm starting to regret my choice because i feel like syphil and ollie might have been the my good for a sophomore year (laughs) like that was such a good show yeah that it was. That Sibyl and Ollie is also another thing that changed my life. Uh, in terms of the fact that I would use the word rock a lot after seeing yeah, it. Mm-hmm. You got that Precious Roy tattoo? Back tat? <laughs> I used to have a ferret named Precious Roy. Nice. But I don't yeah, have that I, I tattoo I love that Sibyl and Ollie. I, I wasn't doing any acid at the time, but uh, I think we, we smoked a few reefers here and there while we were watching uh, the, the Sibyl and Ollie back then. Sibyl and Ollie is good for that kind of thing. It does kind of blow my mind to hear you with the the ready readily available acid supply in in Ohio because I feel like acid was a thing that we talked about a lot as kids uh, and never knew anybody that had access to it at least in the Massachusetts area. I feel as though part of that supply would have been because of uh, the uh, influx of people from other areas of the country just having like having their own networks available. Yeah, because that was a Truck, highly truckers cir- and bikers and stuff, and also like um, different businesses that would bring in people from other parts of the country or uh, local bases, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. It was always like every time, um, most every time was like different, like either different kinds or different, like from different people. We had like one dude, our dude Curtis, who was like the most normal square kid on earth. Outside of the fact that his cousin made acid, uh, like that's usually where we got uh, things from, and uh, he was just like some local dude. Although we never met his cousin, so I don't know. Maybe he was lying. Maybe he, <laughs> maybe he was the real Heisenberg, Curtis, and maybe he didn't have a cousin. <laughs> that's why he always wore that pork pie hat, though. It yeah, was, like weird at the time. But yeah, I don't yeah, know. And yeah, I, I just. I got the impression that it was because of like, not because that Dayton is some booming uh, industrial city or anything like that, but because of like a few peculiar uh, businesses and bases that would just have people circulating in and out. Um, 
they would have like their connections or hookups or know how to find them more easily in a mid-sized city like Dayton. So yeah. I, I imagine that was part of it. And it was like the late 90s when like rave culture was like super big. And like I was never a raver or anything, but mm. like that made it easier to find drugs. Like just the yeah. fact that raves existed. So And Jerry Garcia was still alive and they were touring and stuff like that. So <laughs> Yeah, that could be a lot of it. Fish was the band of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Actually the last time that I bought acid, uh the person was like, Yo, this dude used to be a roadie for the Grateful Dead. Here is the acid. Of so yeah. It's uh, all things point to the Grateful Dead. Uh what about you, Sean Byron? What is your good from this grade? Yeah, so my good for uh, 10th grade, and, and actually this is good timing that you guys got me on the show, because 10th grade is the last full grade uh, of high school that I completed. Uh, I dropped out uh, early junior year, so I wouldn't have a whole lot to talk about for junior year. So you got me just under the wire. Um, but my good is this is the year that I got assigned to the tech team junior staff uh, at my high school. And what this was... Uh, basically was, uh, you know, I, I was not a very good student. I, I didn't show up to a lot of classes. Uh, I would sleep uh, in class quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would never do homework. Uh, but for whatever reason, I think like a lot of my teachers had a soft spot for me. Uh, maybe they just had soft spots for retarded dudes. I'm not really sure. But <laughs> for whatever reason, like, they didn't want me to fail. So like, I had like a lot of shenanigans where like, you know, I would definitely have like an F average grade, but they would give me a D to just kind of let me through. Um, and so one of the things that happened was in 10th grade, they're like, hey, we, you know, we got this perfect thing for you. Uh, you don't want to go to class. That's fine. Uh, for two periods per day, uh, you can work on the tech team. And we have this new technology lab. Uh, we got these professionals and you can kind of be like their assistant. Um, and it, you know, it was actually kind of weird because I grew up in a, a pretty small town, uh, Whitman, Massachusetts, outside of, of Boston. Um, and we had this high school that served, uh, two different towns, um, two different towns, populations, uh, went to this high school and, you know, small school district. We didn't have a lot of money. There was even like a paper shortage. I remember in middle school where we all had to bring our own paper to, to class and stuff like that. And they wouldn't <laughs> give handouts. Um, but for whatever reason, like we won a state lottery um, for computer labs. So we had like the best computer lab in uh, the state of Massachusetts at the time. Uh, just randomly, like we got lucky. So they, they hired the staff of people who didn't want uh, any like kids helping them out. Like they had their shit on lockdown. They knew what they were doing. Uh, but some teachers or somebody with a school district themselves had the idea of like, let's use this as a way to train people into computers. So I got assigned to this tech team. Uh, with these guys who didn't want me there and just basically told me like, all right, you can sit here in the server room. Uh, here's your computer. Like, don't bother us. We don't expect anything from you. Like, just don't touch anything. <laughs> uh, and it was great because they also like, they pretty much, they had set everything up. They had, they had the, the lab running. It wasn't a whole lot of work for them. So most days I would go there and be in the server closet and they wouldn't be there. So I had this, um, private area of the high school to myself. Um, and what I ended up doing was, um, at this point in time, I had already, um, started getting into Linux and started getting into computers. And I was hanging out on, uh, what was called, uh, internet relay chat, uh, uh this network called Fnet and, uh, hanging out with a bunch of like computer dudes, um, mostly from California. Um, and we would do these, uh, like teleconferences. I'm not sure if you guys ever did any teleconferences in the nineties. It was, 
it's kind of like a early predecessor to, to podcasting in a way where you had uh, a bunch of funny people uh, dialed into like a party line, um, and you could do things back in the nineties oh. like third party billing, where you would like give them a phone number that they could call, and if somebody answers the phone and says yes, I accept charges, then you could bill it to that number. So we had you know ways to to you know illegally scam these phone calls where nobody had to pay for them. And I would just be on these teleconferences for like four hours a day uh, through most of my 10th grade, just hanging out with these hackers. Um, that's where I met um, the guys from the Phone Losers of America, this guy Redbox Chili Pepper and uh, Logic Box and a, a few other guys. And um, eventually that's the, the group of people that would uh, kind of siphon me away from uh, Massachusetts and, and I would land in California to hang out with those guys for a few years. But yeah, it was uh, getting this time every day to just fuck around on computers and play like play Quake and uh, just hang out with hackers was was pretty rad. Damn. Yeah, that's real fortuitous. Did they like did the teachers notice that you had any interest in tech, or were they just like, "Hey, here's something you can do"? Yeah, I mean, I think that they knew that I was into computers, and I had taken um, the computer electives that we had, and I had done well in those classes, and was able to be kind of like the teacher's aid in, in those classes in terms of like yeah. helping them like set things up. Uh, so they're like, yeah, here's a thing for you to basically get out of our hair because we're sick of having you in class and being disruptive. Um, and it worked perfectly for me. Yeah, that sounds rad. I had sort of a yeah. thing like that where like I was like not good at school because I stopped caring like and like just slept a lot like yourself during classes. So in ninth grade – I joined this program where, like, uh, you, like, instead of being in class, like, you just went and, like, cleaned up other schools for, like, half the day and, like, made money. And then I would spend oh, that nice. money. I would spend that money on acid and bad religion albums. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that's what I did a lot of my day. It didn't do anything cool, like, lead me to L.A. to become a tech dude or anything. But, uh, but it was still fun. I just got to fart around. Yeah. I mean, it's, sometimes that's all you need is just a way to get through that day. I don't know about you guys, but I did not enjoy high school. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have a great time with it either. Um, but, Parker, you mentioned that you enjoyed some of the stuff about it. Like, not particularly, like, going to classes or anything, but you had a better time with high school than I think I did. Yeah. Or, uh, well, yeah, I had kind yeah. of a fun time because I was, like, tripping out the entire time. It was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> watching civil and ollie uh and sean you mentioned uh teleconferences it wasn't until you said party lines that actually sparked for me what you were talking about i do remember party lines and yeah it's weird to remember those now yeah i mean and if you think about it it, it really was kind of like an early version of podcasting because it like for us it was a bunch of funny people uh we were making like prank phone calls uh in a lot of cases we would record these teleconferences and play them back um so wow. yeah it was really fun and it was basically all these people from IRC that, um, you know, I, I just kind of vaguely knew and, and it formed a community pretty quickly. Yeah, That's pretty spread. I used to go into the Ska chat room in IRC and my handle was Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> I was very proud of that name. Yeah, I would probably, if I had seen that, if I had known that there was a Ska chat room available for one. And had seen that, I probably would have tried to follow suit with Hans Ka'alo or something <laughs> shitty. Speaking of this being the year of Ska, 
uh, on my birthday in LA, there's a big ska festival going on. So I'll, I'll let you know if I end up going to that Frisbee. I'll make you proud. Yeah, definitely do that. I, I would be interested if you pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, play uh, out there. I oh, think... by the way, like those, um, if you're using, this is a weird aside, but if you're using like iPhones and mm-hmm. you use like, uh, emojis for anything, mm-hmm. uh, you can distinctly see that jumping ska man now. Oh yeah. He's one of like, yeah, yeah. Like they've become larger. Uh, so now you can see that's clearly a guy like in a two-tone suit jumping up and down, pogoing. <laughs> I Are got- we talking about ska because 10th grade was the last time that it was relevant? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> well, It's coming back, Byron. This is the year of ska. I, can, I know it. I can feel it in my bones. Yeah, It's so funny because I, like, I was never a ska fan. Like, I actually do think about like 10th grade and kind of that period of my life whenever you guys mentioned ska because that's honestly like the only time that people around me were really into it. Yeah, that third wave ska, especially like being up in uh, like near Boston. You would have had some influences there. Yeah, you uh, think that, out. Yeah, you'd think that like all your friends would be super into ska and yourself as well being in Boston. It's a big ska town. Yeah, there were definitely like a few guys that wore the cabbie hats and the suspenders and listened to Real Big Fish or whatever the hell music was out at the time. Yeah, Real Big Fish is playing that ska fest I might go to. There's, there's Bowling for soup, is that a thing? I don't think they were a ska band. But oh, yeah, they were around. They were around at that time. I think they probably played with ska bands. Anyway, so Mr. Frisbee, what is your bad from this trip. <laughs> I hope it's not Scott. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but we'll get to a real ugly music thing here in a minute. Um, the bad was that uh, I still looked super young. And it was apparent that I was going to look super young throughout all of high school. So like, not only did I have braces, but I I looked like a, a fresh-faced young boy, a young man. And this would be a problem sometimes because a lot of my friends – uh, had had the opportunity to look older, you know. Um, they looked older much faster than I did, so they could get away with a lot more uh, outside of school. So we'd be friends in school, and here's like a key instance of when this was like uh, um, not exactly a good a good pairing of friends because a few of them were going to go see Mitch Hedberg at. Uh, joker's comedy club that was one that was like near the dayton mall if you mm-hmm. remember that yeah yeah <clears throat> like yeah we're gonna go do you want to come along because um i know the party does would probably care about this but we were all into the chug break at the time mm-hmm. and uh it was just very apparent to myself alone like yeah if i go this entire plan is ruined because i'm the only one who looks uh, like a 13 year old among people who look like they're 19 or 20 and, uh, yeah, the offer had remained open like well into that night. And then they came back with stories about how they got to like meet Mitch after the show, how they weren't carted for drinks and shit. And they're like, yeah, sorry to have invited you to that. That was a uh, probably a bad move because it would have blown the entire operation. Yeah, I, um, Around this time, I had a friend named Cisco who looked really young, and we always used to make fun of him because, like, you know, mm-hmm. he looked, we were all getting like uh, horrible mustaches and like slight amounts of goatees and things, very slight. And uh, he looked like a young man, but like he got mad chicks, so like 
the joke was on us. You know, like it, we couldn't understand it. Really, like, this guy looks like a young man. Uh, well, after he wrote that thong song, it was only inevitable. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I don't know. Some, you know, I I don't know what was going on with Cisco. Maybe he had like this great peen. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I don't know. Looking young's fine. You still look like a young man. You're looking good. Thank you. Yeah, it's good now, but at the time, like in high school, uh, that shit sucks. It's you could always look like you wish you wish, or I mean, at least I wish I looked a little bit older. Um, but that was not the case. Looked like a young man the entire time. Well, you got it going on now. Very nice looking, very attractive. Whoa. Well, <laughs> you know everything. Even, You've yeah. seen everything. You're a marvelous specimen. <laughs> Uh, my bad is that one time I had this girlfriend and, uh, we were going out for like two weeks. Like, I forget how we met, like some, I don't know, some sort of class thing. She was like older than me, uh, by like a year or so. And, uh, we were going out for like two weeks. We'd hung out like a couple of times, saw each other in class, like a bunch of times in the hallways, mostly hanging out, hanging out in the hallways, you know? And, uh, I had no idea what her name was. Like just at all. (laughs) Somehow, I don't like. I have no idea how I would have gotten that far without knowing her name. But uh, I had no idea, so I had to come up with like all these. Like I couldn't just be like, "Hey, what's your name?" You know, because like we had been boyfriend and girlfriend for like weeks. So I had to come up with like all these weird Seinfeld esque like ploys <laughs> to try to find out. Like, uh, like I made my my best friend at the time, Tom. Like I made him like walk up to her, like come all like he was like all the way in like a different part of the school but i made him like we planned this out like days in advance like he had to like walk all the way he would be late to his next class but he had to walk all the way to our side of the school and uh like immediately walk up to her and be like hello my name is tom uh what is your name and so he did that but uh she didn't she was just like oh okay i gotta go to class and like she ran away so we got nothing we got nothing from that entire great plan and then i liked (laughs) i Uh, which I thought was like the best, most forward way to, to do this plan. Um, and then at one, like at one point, I, like I asked somebody, I was like, Hey, what's that girl's name? And like I had to ask somebody who didn't know that I was going out with her. And, uh, he was like, Oh, it's Lena. And I was like, All right, man. Thanks, dude. So like I called her. Uh, and I don't even know how I got away with like calling her without knowing her name up till this point. But anyway, so I was like, Hey, is, uh, Lena there? And like she's like, What are you talking about? And I was like, uh, what do you, what do you mean? And she's like, you know, this is me and I'm not named Lena. And I said, well, what do you mean? But she wouldn't extrapolate any further than that. Like that, she wouldn't, you know, she no, didn't tell yeah. me her name. It's just me. You know who this is. Yeah. Yeah. She was saying stuff like that. She was like, you know me. Why are you trying to call me and ask for somebody else? And I was like, uh, I gotta go. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that plan didn't work. And then like, I had to like get into her locker at one point and like try to look through her books to see if like she had written her name <laughs> on any of her like notebooks or anything. Um, so like I had to hang around after school, like for everybody to leave to do this. And like that didn't, <laughs> like I ended up going out with her for like two or three months. And like I had no, I forget how I finally figured out her name, but, uh, it was, it was stressful. It was a stressful time people didn't believe that i had a girlfriend like i'd be like hey man i got this girlfriend you know and they were like oh what's her name and i'd be like i don't know 
<laughs> so, uh, so it was a horrible time. Find out girls' names immediately, as fast as you can. That's my advice to any 10th graders out there. Yeah, remember it. Write it down. Do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Now we got the Facebook. We don't even. This isn't even a problem anymore. These kids today and their Facebook. Oh yeah, they're Snapchatting their names right at you. Yeah. Ah, these sons of bitches out there. You got it too well, good. It's just like it. Yeah, but it's sometimes it's like an internet handle, so you can say like, "Uh, yeah, I'm dating." Um, hold on. Gold underscore smoochums. <laughs> yeah, we're we're dating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Send forward all mail to gold underscore smoochums at 245 Riverdale Ave. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Uh, I, that actually sort of happened to me one time. Like, uh, I used to go by this, uh, pen name when I used to write stuff. And like, that was just like my MySpace name. And, uh, the wife, when she got an internet crush on me in the old MySpace days, uh, she thought that my name was Tim for like yeah, months and months and years and years and years, I guess, until we like actually started talking on the phone and meeting. Well, I thought your name was Tim until uh, Jono introduced me to you. Oh, like, yeah. We talked about Tim Death and all this stuff, and uh, yeah, he's like, "Yeah, this is this is Tim." I'm like Tim, he's like otherwise known as Parker. Oh, uh, what? And you know how to handle it? Yeah, that, that first... gets real tricky. I, I feel mm-hmm. like that's happening more and more now with like people on Facebook just choosing like realistic sounding handles, you know, like where it's a regular human name. You know, it's one thing if you're slap a Yoda or something ridiculous. But when, uh, you know, you're just like Gene Spaulding on Facebook. And I'm yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Gene Spaulding. Gene's... Wait, wait a second. Mm-hmm. This is a fake name. Mm-hmm. One of the podcast town founders has a fake name i'm not gonna spill the beans i'm not gonna put him out there but i found out this motherfucker's got a, a fake name could not believe yeah my yeah ears. i think i know what we're talking about and i totally <laughs> forgot where that name's uh, uh derived from so mm-hmm. that was embarrassing kevin moss uh, i mean it just sounds yeah fake. i know right i can't sounds so fake <laughs> couldn't believe like, it why moss his yeah. name is actually... Why not uh, have a real name like Bowman or Frisbee? I know. Uh, anyway, well, who's Sean Byron? Is your bad next? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I got a bad for you. you so, it, you know, like I said, I, I did not really enjoy my high school years uh, in general. That's, that's why I dropped out. It just was not a, a fun time for me. Uh, but one brief moment of solace that I would have in my days, um, besides uh, having the, the, the little job there with the tech team, uh, in gym class, we had organized a thing, uh, me and my idiot buddies, that we called ELW. And it was basically um, short for Extreme Locker Room Wrestling. And <laughs> what it was is that at the time, I was you know really obsessed with ECW wrestling and a, a huge like Terry Funk and Cactus Jack fan and Sabu and all these guys, nice. uh, you know, and, and most of my, my buddies at the time were very similar to that. Uh, and this was also when UFC was getting popular. And so we were watching a lot of UFC events on VHS, like those early events when it was always like Hoist Gracie winning everything. And you had Big John McCarthy and a lot less rules than they had now. Like you could do pretty much everything, I think including fish hooking at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, that was kind of the mindset that we had as, as young kids, we were really into ECW and UFC and, you know, in gym class during our downtime, we decided to put together ELW and we would 
there it would be no uh, no strikes. You couldn't punch somebody in the face, but pretty much anything else was permitted. And um, we actually somehow, uh, you know, uh, convinced our gym teacher that this was a cool thing. And we thought that he was going to be pissed about it. And we just kind of sold him on the idea of like, hey, man, you know, we're getting into wrestling. We're getting into, into shoot fighting. Like, this is like an athletic thing. Like, you, you can let us do this. This is cool. And he was supportive. And, and so he was really cool with it at first. Um, but this was the year, uh, unfortunately that we did have to shut it down, uh, when one of the ELW matches, uh, spilled out into the hallway and a different teacher <laughs> saw what was going on and was like, what the fuck? Like, wh- why would a gym teacher be letting these kids fight each other, uh, in gym class? Uh, so sadly it, it came to an end. Uh, we had to shut down our, our website on GeoCities. Oh man. Um, yeah, <laughs> oh, no. it, was, it was very sad. We canceled matches. We had an an upcoming middleweight uh, title match that we had to cancel. Oh, it's very sad. Yeah, the, the belt went to waste. All those flyers that printed, yeah, no longer, no longer could be used. What was your wrestling name? Uh, I I went by two. At first, it was Flying Byron, oh, uh, but after a knee injury, uh, which precluded me from doing much flying anymore, <laughs> oh, I changed man. to Lord Byron. Oh man, that's good. There too. you go. That's a great heel name. And yep. it's got a nice uh, literary tint to it, too. Man. Yeah, the new wrestling game comes out in a couple of days. I'm going to make both of those characters. You're in. <laughs> you, you will live again. Yeah, Lord Byron was, was real big on elbow drops, which were technically illegal, but you could get away with them if you, if you kind of, like, didn't really uh, advertise the fact that you were trying to land on your elbow. Man. It's like you've got the – I'm imagining that you have, like, a condensed career of uh, Matt Hardy because, like, he used to be high flyer. Or he might still be, but now he's, like – this mad recluse with a like a regal tint to him have you guys been watching any of that yeah he's the greatest Hardy's. wrestler of all time he's the best <laughs> he's, he's pretty wild uh also huge supporter of drones apparently or one oh, really? drone at least vanguard one. uh yeah vanguard it's his it's his pet drone who uh-huh. helps him out yeah, it's a huge storyline. <laughs> like the production's insane. You should check it out. It's so. Good. It just sounds like your your uh, your character's arc as well. Yeah, it's so. it's been a while since I've really been in in tune with wrestling. But at this point in my life, I was super into it, and it was one of those things where, like, um, you know, I like I said, the next year I would move to California, but my buddies from this ELW would go on to form their own backyard wrestling league. So like, they would send me videotapes and stuff. Uh, for like the first year that I was out in LA of them, like, like really going for it, like doing like CZW style, like death matches with like thumbtacks and all kinds of ridiculous wow. shit. And this one kid, Josh Camisa's backyard uh, in Whitman. Uh, and I was like, kind of, I was in a way I was really jealous that I didn't stick around for that stuff, but also kind of relieved because I knew that I would have been like <laughs> peer pressured into competing in these matches and probably like really fucking myself up. So, but it would be hard, man. Yeah. 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 We never had like me and my friends, we used to wrestle around and stuff like this. Like we would like get together like at the park, like every Friday for some stuff. But like it was never like organized like that. So I appreciate that you did that and I respect it. And I cannot wait to make Flying Byron and the new Smackdown (laughs) game. I'll I'll see if I can. I used to have some videotapes of some of our matches, but I. I'm not sure if I can find them in the current deluge of videotapes in my garage, but oh, okay. if I do come across them, I'll, I'll let you know. That would be great. Um, Mr. Frisbee, what is your ugly? Uh, my ugly is that 
I, again, if I remember 10th grade correctly, this probably was the year when I got into the band Fish in a big way. Mm-hmm. And uh, looking back, it's a little, it's a little awkward. Um, yeah, I had no, no, uh, well, I guess I was into ska like a few years before that. And then a couple of different indie bands, but then um, Fish hit in a really big way. And without any other like additives to it, like I wasn't into drugs or anything. I was just there for the music <laughs> to feel those tasty jams. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's weird to consider. Like I didn't even see them live. Just uh, listen to them a great deal. Um, you, were, you were getting into the albums or like the live cuts or, or what? Both. At first I was listening to albums and then like bootlegs of the live performances. Now, like I, I think recently I tried listening to um, something of theirs. Oh, I remember what it was. It was being played on a on a radio station. Um, somebody had played a cut because Tranastasia was in the news. And I had to turn it off because I was not feeling it. I was not feeling those tasty jams like I used to. Yeah? W- w- this was new material? No, this was a song that I was very well familiar with. I think it was like oh. a farmhouse or something. Okay, so when Trey was was still on the junk. Oh, is that right? Up. Well, yeah, he's cleaned oh, yeah, up now. Yeah. So, a lot of uh, a lot of fish heads, I think, are are critical of the post cleanup music. Hmm. It was a shame. I would uh, prefer somebody to be like you know, in good health and whatnot. But it's, it's a weird. It's weird. Wow, but, but but hold on. Weigh that against the relative importance of tasty jams. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? I really liked those tasty jams at the time. Um, yeah, no, no, so sure. Uh, we've talked about Ween on this show a great deal. I don't put them in the same category, but their fan base overlapped. Um, when I went to see Ween reunite, there were a bunch of fish fans in the audience. And that's something that, like, it didn't really connect with me when I was listening to fish, although they did like cover a couple of Ween songs. I think roses are free was their biggest one, but, um, yeah, I just didn't expect them to still be around. I didn't know that fish was still like a huge thing. Just had lost touch with them completely. So when I went into, uh, their shows in Denver, Ween shows in Denver, it was surprising to find that people were still like, um, talking about some relationship between the two bands uh, in, a, in a sentimental or I know, I guess I should say like still relevant sort of way. But even that's been brought into question. Cause I think like, uh, Dean Wayne just put a blog post out recently kind of decrying that fish fans come to shows. It's pretty harsh. I don't know if you all saw that. I heard about it, but I didn't read it. Yeah. He, he very directly says that he does not like fish fans and huh. <laughs> the band fish. Good. Well, that I mean, it's that, that, kind of a fair point. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's it's a fair opinion. Yeah. Um, did you I ever think listen? In their case, it probably runs deeper. Did you ever listen to that uh, that Analyze Fish podcast? No, I didn't. But I heard about it. It's kind. It's kind of like a mainstream. It's an Airwolf podcast, but it's it's pretty good. Pretty good listening. That they, they did some like uh, like verite style podcasting that I was really into when it came out, where they went to a fish show and and recorded their experience, like trying to get as high as possible. Uh, during the show, uh, which is 
kind of fun. It's now it's kind of sad to listen to because Harris Whittles, uh, the co-host of it, is is dead of a drug overdose. So, well, in retrospect, you know, but still, it's it's a pretty amazing episode. Yeah, a small price to pay for some tasty podcast licks, though. <laughs> tasty exactly. podcast jams. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I don't like fish. So, yeah. You don't like fish? No, I don't like fish. I don't know. I think that the band that's like my favorite still alive band, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, I think that they, their fan base overlaps with fish fan base a little. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, that's really all I know about. Them. Oh, I like that one band, that Oysterhead band that the dude was in with Les Claypool. I think that band's all right. Okay. That's all I know about him. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the kids are up to. Yeah. Apparently I didn't either. It was strange when you guys were talking about like all things point back to Grateful Dead. That's what it felt like because conversations I was just carrying on with some of the folks at that show back in Denver um, for Ween. Uh, they would talk about like how they got into Ween because of Fish and how they still, you know, are remorseful about Jerry Garcia passing, which, you know, was very touching, but that was a long time ago. And, you know, I'm sure there's like more personal shit that's happened in a person's life uh, that would take precedence. And yeah, like not. Gene Wilder dying. No, he he wasn't dead yet. Oh, okay. But David Bowie was dead. And you think that'd be important? Hmm. If only David Bowie were alive and Gene Wilder could have died twice, you know? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Because he sucks. His movies <laughs> suck and he's not funny and he's a piece of shit. Yeah, I was I was curious where this uh, Gene Wilder hate came from. Uh, it comes from watching his shitty movies. Okay. And knowing well, anything about his stupid personal life where he sucked as a person. Oh, did he? Yeah, he's like just a real piece of shit. Like, <laughs> do you have examples or? <laughs> uh, so my ugly is <laughs> uh, my ugly is that uh, in this grade. Marilyn Manson played the Hera Arena, which is like our big rock arena, you know, at the time mm-hmm. in town on Valentine's Day. And everybody I've ever met went to the show. And uh, I did not. And I regret it to this very day. It probably would have been. been the Antichrist Superstar tour. Yeah, just can't. Yeah, that album just came out. Just a few months uh, before the show. And there was like all these rumors that he was like going to kill himself at the show and all this stuff that was like, in retrospect, <laughs> very silly. But, um, I was like into Manson at the time, but I was like, uh, you know, I like concerts like weren't really my thing yet. Like I'd been to a few, but like mostly like guar centric concerts. Like I wasn't going out to see everything. And, uh, also I was like spending all my money on drugs. <laughs> Didn't have any $23 plus Ticketmaster fees to see Manson. Um, but you know, I regret it cause I've never seen Manson. I thought he was great at the time. So yeah, I still listen to some of his stuff on occasion. I think he's good. Uh, I think he's cool. Also like he wrote about that show in his book. It's like, it would have been cool because I like that book. I don't know. I just really regret not going to that show because everybody else went, they made it sound like really cool. I don't know. You guys ever regret not going to a concert? Um, I did regret not going to a fish concert up until a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Realized I didn't need to see those tasty jams in person. Um, yeah, shit, yeah. There was a few. Um, 
I think in general, like in a broad appeal, I regret not having seen Prince. Uh, I was trying to go to see that Kate Bush show over in England uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, it was like that limited run and uh, didn't see that. Probably could have. I mean, I definitely could have. I just didn't make the uh, footwork to get it all together, plans together and whatnot. So, yeah, that'd probably be my top one, Kate Bush. Yeah, I, I had tickets for uh, ECW Heat Wave. Uh, I think it was 99, and this was in Ohio. It was in Dayton. Was Dayton? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 it was so fucking had, at the Hera <laughs> Arena. Arena. Okay, so I had great tickets for that. I think it was like third or fourth row that I bought online. It cost a ton of money. Like I had saved up uh, a bunch of uh, money from this dishwashing job that I had. And um, my dad had a friend who had a private airplane, and he's like, oh, yeah, man, no problem. We'll, we'll, we'll fly you there for, for the event. We'll fly you back, you know. Uh, we'll make a night of it. We can stay in Ohio, whatever. Uh, of course, that that fell through at the very last minute. He's like, "Oh yeah, sorry, I I can't uh, can't fly you there." So uh, I was the most disappointed, uh, sad teen of all time, uh, sitting at home, just like staring at my tickets. Um, <laughs> I wish I still had them. It'd be cool if I still had them, but I, th- I think I threw them away eventually. Um, but I, you know, I have remorse for you, Parker Bowman, because I was uh, I was at that Manson tour, not that specific show, but. It, I think he came through Massachusetts twice on that tour, uh, once in Fitchburg, and I f- think the other one was in Worcester, Mass. But yeah, I saw, I saw him twice, and it was uh, a really good show. I'd imagine. Everybody seemed to like it a lot. Also, to go back to Heat Wave, uh, my brother was at that show, and I guess during the part where Spike Dudley does a moonsault off the balcony, you can see him. But I haven't watched it, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, Nice. There's a there's a part. So the following year, uh, I had moved to Los Angeles and just out of like crazy luck, um, Heat Wave was in L.A. that time. And it was like the only time that ECW ever did a show outside of the East Coast. Um, so I got good tickets to that. And you can see me at a, at a point where a Sandman is doing his entrance and he stands up on the guardrail uh, and I'm not getting beer poured on me, but I'm like a few uh, guys behind the guy that is nice. I like that. I like that, Sam. And speaking of wrestling, I want to say what's up to Mike Dick from Virtual Pros for saying on the new episode that Bret Hart sucks. Because my entire life I've been getting beat up for talking about how Bret Hart sucks. I'm glad that somebody <laughs> else is out there fighting the good yeah, fight. Yeah, all those Bret Hart beatings that you suffered. Yeah, I've been getting my ass kicked my entire life. So I'm People glad that's... In feet and, uh, yeah, in sharpshooters. Yeah, I'm glad that somebody else is on the right side of this battle with me. Fuck Bret Hart. He sucks. Well, I mean... How does he suck? In, in I mean, in what way? In a lot of the same ways that Gene Wilder sucks. <laughs> As a, no, uh, he actually sucks in real ways. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. He's like boring as fuck. Matches are way too long. Uh, he thinks that like fucking like a knee bar is like a super cool move to do. Like a wrist lock is like exciting as fuck. Fuck him. He sucks. And it's like, I oh, mean, it's, it's, you, it's the old school style of wrestling, though. I mean, it's I don't think you can really judge him on that. I, I do think that he's kind of a, a whiny crybaby, though. Well, he is a whiny crybaby. Nobody gives a shit about getting his little 10 cent plastic pink sunglasses in the front row. Uh, he wears stupid uh, Sergeant Pepper's shoulder pads. He sucks. <laughs> Yeah, his hair is always like way too damp where it's like, how is your hair that damp at the end of the match and the beginning? Like it hasn't changed. Yeah. And he hangs out with Jim Neidhart, who's like way cooler and has a cool goatee. And it's like, man, you got to step up your fucking facial hair game if you're partying with Jim Neidhart. But uh, anyway, so he sucks. Um, uh, Sean Byron, what's your ugly? 
Yeah, so uh, my ugly uh, for the 10th grade is this was kind of the year that my circle of friends fell apart. Uh, oh. And it was specifically all tied around one incident, which uh, – so I had this circle of friends, uh, a few guys, this one guy, Jim Brooks, this other guy, Ron Staples, uh, these two brothers, Adam and Pat, and, and this whole crew of kids that all lived on this one street – uh, that my dad had moved to uh, after the divorce. He got an apartment on the street on the other side of town, uh, a part of Whitman that I hadn't really been to too much. And I, I made all these new friends with these kids on the street. Um, we had probably like a like a four or five year run together as like a a really solid crew of kids that would hang out, you know, on the regular and uh, played a lot of Magic the Gathering in, in the back room of our comic book store and. Uh, you know, stole comic books together and, and rode our bikes around town and, and, you know, did all the little dickhead things that you would do in a small town back then. Um, but this year, um, Jim Brooks was uh, in one of his classes um, and being disruptive, you know, as, as uh, us young hooligans would be. Uh, and so he was asked to leave the class and, and go to the principal's office or whatever. And on the way, he went to the the boys' bathroom, and and so we we like I mentioned before, uh, our school didn't have a lot of money, despite the fact that we had a nice computer lab. Like the building itself was kind of falling apart. Um, a lot of the classes were in what we called the portables, which were these like portable housing units, like these basically these um, trailer units that they kind of propped up behind the school. Um, and so e- everything was in disrepair. It was a very old building, and there were these pipes in in the boys' room uh, under the sink. Um, that um, my buddy Jim Brooks, I guess, in a fit of rage, you know, ha- having been kicked out of this class, he kicked one of these pipes and it exploded and flooded the entire school with a bunch of water. Um, so he got expelled, and that kind of uh, kind of spiraled uh, like the the dissolution of of this group of friends because basically the guy who was kind of the the core of this friend group that kind of anchored everything, he was now expelled from school. Um, this, uh, another kid, uh, shortly after would move towns. And, uh, it was one of those things where, you know, I started the year with this group of friends who I was pretty close with. And by the end of it, I'm like, oh shit, we're all gone. It was kind of like, uh, like the end of stand by me or something where it's like mm-hmm. everybody just drifted apart in, into different directions. And to this day, I, I barely talk to those guys. So it's kind of sad. That's well, right. We got a special surprise for you at the end of this episode, Sean Byron, cause here <laughs> they are. Oh boy. It's Jim Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> the gang's all back. The gang's all here. Nah, that's a bummer. Um, I, I'd gone through like these weird groups of friends. Well, not weird groups, of friends, but like uh, weird circumstances that would lead to groups of friends for the four years of my high school. But I, and I think I mentioned this before. Like they would totally evaporate. Uh, over the course of the summer, we just made no effort to reach out to each other and it dissolves. Um, so yeah, it seemed like there was a good chance to develop these long lasting bonds and it's never happened. Um, so yeah, I feel your pain. I know what that's like. Yeah, it is rough. I think my group stayed together a few more years than this. Like we all fell apart like the last year of high school or like a little bit after. Although I still talk to, pretty much everybody except for like one kid for the most part um yeah again like you managed to keep in touch pretty well with some of the folks that you went to school with i think i've only kept in touch with one or two yeah for the most part like i mean like 
some of like me and Jono, like we get into fights sometimes and like we won't talk for like a year and then like we'll be buddies again. Like I have like like a lot of my friends like that from high school I get with like we're like uh, we're so close to like we'll just be like, well, oh, we're in a fight now. And like we just don't talk for a long time. But we like we always come back to being friends like um, I think that's kind of how most of my friendships work, maybe. <laughs> we like fight for like a long time and then like we get back and we're buddies again um so yeah yeah it's rough it's rough the disillusionment of your wrestling organization and your friendships it must have been a rough year yeah well on the upside i had those teleconferences <laughs> yeah yeah and that basically sparked your entire career in globe trotting Yeah, I mean, in a way, it it did kind of spark this transition, though, from me interfacing with people primarily in the real world to interfacing with people primarily in the digital world. So, uh, I mean, ultimately, it was kind of nice for my career and kind of nice to to get a change. I mean, I I do like living in Los Angeles more than I ever liked Massachusetts. But uh, if if I do look back on it, it is kind of weird that it's like that was the time where I was mostly just hanging out with people in real life and, and it hasn't really been the case since then hmm we'll come party with you in real life sean byron hell yeah we'll let you oh, elbow yeah. drop us if you want to <laughs> <laughs> you can hit me with a steel chair on my back mm-hmm. it'll be great I'll, I'll hit you i'll hit you with my best shot <laughs> fire away speaking of best shots that wraps up to go to the bad and the ugly and we do have an email do you have that email frisbee i do this one comes from uh, listener, say Matthew. How about that? Yeah, let's just say. Don't want to give away last names. Could be a fake uh, title. We know. Could be a fake one. Who knows? But it's very short. So here we go. R.I.P. Parker. Hey, Frizzman. Hey, Jackson. He's referring to Jackson from last episode. Go back and listen. Uh, R.I.P. Parker for dying during his public speech. Mm-hmm. Say hi to Fredo and Harambe for us. Hashtag never forget. Sign Matthew. Uh, yeah. So that brings up that you did a public uh, speaking engagement there, and you're still among the living. So congratulations on all that. I heard it went really well. Uh, well, you know, I mean, it was it, like I wasn't up there killing, smashing, smashing the audience or anything, but it went acceptably well. Like I didn't go up there and like stumble. I didn't like accidentally say the n word or anything. <laughs> like, so you really that's... grabbed them by the pussy. God, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh yeah, there's no, no that's no, gonna be the, the, we, the new break a leg from now on. It's gonna be why don't you go out there and really grab them by the pussy? Uh, yeah. I, I hope not. If it is, I'm just moving to a non English speaking country. Like I cannot deal with this amount of shit. <laughs> like it, if it became a meme or anything. Oh, it's going to. Ah, <sighs> uh, yeah. Damn it. Nothing like that. Not like my mic wasn't like still hot when I was backstage, and I didn't. I wasn't like, ah, oh, grab that audience by right by the puss. So yeah, it was all right. I went up there, said a couple of things. I got some claps. I didn't die. I was like pretty nervous, but not horribly nervous. I have to do it again, though. So uh, I don't like it. Like I, I, di- I didn't do so well that I'm like cured and like can do this for now on. Like I, I don't want to do it ever again, but I guess I have to. But it should be easier, I guess, next time. Uh, next time I have to introduce the Lost Boys, so I think I'm pretty much just gonna go uh, on stage and be like, "Hey, let's hear it for Corey Feldman," and everybody will <laughs> give me a standing ovation and clap for 20 minutes, and then I'll just like kind of leave the stage. 
That's a good might plan. Be the, might be the perfect time to practice your shirtless saxophone playing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my bubble bath thinking. Yeah. Are you going to come dressed up like uh, Corey from Corey and the Angels? No, I'm going to go dressed up as Corey Sklar. I decided. That's good. Just, you know, <laughs> a boingo, boingo shirt. Say, why isn't he part of that call the Corey's hotline? Like it's, hey, you just dial this number. They give you the number and call me back. Like it cuts to, you know, Feldman and Haim. Why isn't Corey Scalar in that mix? Like that'd be funny, uh, right? Yeah. Well, it's been like several years since I made The Last Serbian Virgin, which is my directorial debut. But uh, if I can remember how to edit video together, I will definitely edit Corey into that Corey and Corey hotline video. <laughs> yeah, it could just be him like talking about calling uh, the uh, logical contraption line. Was it Radio Valencia? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I'll try to do it. I, got, I just got a text message like last night from Corey telling me to call in. So I'll like use a screenshot of that <laughs> in the video. Thanks. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> Hey, speaking of uh, directorial debuts, did you guys uh, have a chance to rate those dogs that I, I directed? See those dogs that I directed? Oh, yeah, that, I did. That are... super cut of fantastic dogs. Mm-hmm. It was really good. I haven't gone through and rated every individual dog yet, but they were all very good. Yeah, man, there, there's a lot of dogs down there. So I uh, kind of had my pick of the litter. Oh, so, waka. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yeah. I'm surprised that you spending all your time on vacation uh, photographing dogs rather than hanging out with your wife did not get you in the dog house. <laughs> oh, is that a good one? Yeah, it's pretty good. Ah, right. well, yeah. Thanks for the email. Yeah. Matthew. If that's Thanks, Matthew. Your real name. Anybody else interested in sending emails can send them to poolpartyradio at gmail.com. We encourage you to do so. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be back next week. We usually, as of late, uh, take uh, a week off. But since this one was late, I think we'll be back next week. And so, Unless something horrible happens, then I guess not. But we should be back next week. Uh, also, in the meantime, listen to Sean Byron's podcast that he founded. It's called Junk Food Dinner. Yep. He started it. Please do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would appreciate it. It's at junkfooddinner.com. You can listen to the podcast that uh, Jason Frisbee started by himself. It's called The Blind Podsman. He came up with the idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it wasn't like any outside influence of anybody <laughs> that we podcast with who, who might have influenced this. JK, it was Sean all along, um, who we want to have on the show, by the way. At yeah, some I, point. Would, I would love to be on, yeah. I, I got to get my great... Blu-ray box set in order so that I can watch along, you know, with the movie. But yeah, that's a that's a good call because uh, all that stuff that we've been watching for free on Hulu is now going to move into uh, Filmstruck with a with a uh, subscription fee. So I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, check us out at Blind Podsman. I do that podcast with uh, Patrick, originally from Banshee Dams, and it's a fun time if you like talking about. Uh, blind swordsman's named Zatuichi. And who doesn't? Uh, right. uh, yeah, so that's everything. Uh, check us out. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash pool party radio. Uh, oh, come meet us at the Corn Gorn Marathon as well. Oh, yeah. If you're in the LA area, we're going to be at the Corn Gorn October, like what, 28th, 29th, something like that in LA. 29th. 
Yeah. 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 It's at the Arrow Theater. Come say hello to us. We're going to be sleepy. We're going to be watching Phantasm Mm -hmm. Part 2. It's going to be a good time. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's all of it. So until next week, this is Parker 4, Sean Byron, and Jason Frizzman saying thanks for having fun. It's Pumpkin Innie. What can I say? Yeah, this will be the last time that I fail. This to you, I swear. I've said it before, maybe about a million times before, but I know, yes, I know that this will be the last time. Welcome to Pool Party Radio. This is the number one podcast for grabbing that pussy. I'm your host, Parker. (laughs) That's dumb. I don't want to do that. God.